If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. Representative Jason Sane. Good morning. Good Wednesday morning to you. Uh, you're listening to All Things Sane. All WSIC. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you listening or watching, whatever it is you may be doing. Or if you're listening to the podcast later, uh, glad to have you doing that as well. You can find the podcast on Apple, uh, all, you know, all the podcast places, really. Spotify, just look for it. You'll find it. Use your favorite, whatever, and uh, we'll take you there. I'm your host, Representative Jason Singh. Glad to have you this morning. Uh, to, to the to the regular listeners of the show, to the haters, to the lovers, to the uh, those are somewhere in between, or those just came for some good information. Glad to have you on. Uh, today's going to be a great show. We're going to have uh, Senator Ballard. Uh, Senator Deanna Ballard is originally from Lincoln County, my hometown, uh, but or my home district, if you, if you will. Uh, but she uh, she is living in Watauga County now, where she represented uh, for a while there in the state senate, and now she's running for lieutenant governor. So we'll have her on, talk with her, see how the campaign's going. Those things are getting uh, geared up. Filing begins in December uh, for a window of time there, a couple of weeks. People will file for office, and then it'll be game on until March. So we'll, we'll touch in with uh, uh, Senator Deanna Ballard and her quest for lieutenant governor. And then also we're going to have uh, North Carolina Senator Jim Perry, good friend of mine. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple things going on in Raleigh, little controversy. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, hopefully you haven't because maybe you got better things to do. But apparently our, uh, our, our insurance commissioner has uh, uh, found a new fire marshal, and, um, and there's a little controversy brewing around that. So we'll talk more about that uh, when we have Senator Perry on the show. Uh, but it is great to have you on, uh, have you listening. Uh, I am broadcasting from the bunker at home. Uh, this is my COVID studio, if you will. Uh, this morning, did one of the dumbest things. Uh, you get up, you take my walk because it was nice and crisp and great outside. Spoke to the neighbor for a while, realized I was running out of time, ran inside to get shower, get ready for the show, and uh, hurriedly was sh- shaving and uh, get a little nick under the nose and took a little while to uh, stop bleeding. But good news is the bleeding has stopped. So uh, <clears throat> no worries. We always have backups to the backups. And this backup is here at the home studio. So glad to have you listening. And uh, first time we've done it from here. We've uh, uh, broadcast, I think, uh, from multiple states and everywhere else, and certainly from the legislature, but first time to do it from home, uh, even though I'm only about uh, 25, 30 minutes away from the studio. This just made sense this morning. But great to have you on. Um, I've got our technician, Bill, running the boards. He'll uh, he'll take care of us. Uh, Senator Ballard will join us at about 11.15, after the 11.15 break, so listen for that. And then after the 11.30 break, we'll have Senator Perry. Uh, lots going on, but uh, it's great to be at home. Uh, last week, we finished up with redistricting. Uh, that was our kind of final thing for the session. Got that accomplished. We uh, redrew districts for the uh, congressional maps, uh, also for state house and state senate. <coughs> Excuse me, yours truly's district did not change because it is a constitutionally correct district. We uh, meet the criteria in Lincoln County. That's District 97. Uh, it is it is a constitutionally perfect district. The population's right. Uh, it is a whole county, uh, and I'm very blessed to be able to represent the folks from Lincoln County. Um, other news, uh, we did get a speaker last week. Uh, we were broadcasting, I think about the time that that was happening, maybe a little before, uh, got a, a, a congressional speaker, U.S. Congress, uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, uh, our Congressman uh, uh, Congressman Patrick McHenry, 
I think was more than ready to uh, to either give that gavel away or throw it at somebody or at least be done with the job. He did a marvelous job navigating something that was uh, often uh, very stressful and uh, certainly kind of like herding cats, uh, trying to select that new speaker after those who had upended uh, Speaker McCarthy had no plan uh, to do anything other than just keep it going and uh, and keep the co- controversy going. But finally, after a number of candidates, they finally got somebody. I thought it was interesting that uh, Congressman McCurry also announced last week that he is running again for re-election. God bless him. I'm not sure that uh, if I were in his shoes after that ordeal that I would be doing that, but he is a trooper and uh, glad to serve and, and to do the, the duties that need to be done. And so thank him for that. Uh, no one no one was in a good spot there, but uh, he navigated through it and uh, and uh, to his credit, uh, did not take advantage of uh, some of those that were offering him a little more power. And for politicians, that is something that not always happens. And he did a marvelous job at navigating that. So lots going on. Like I say, we'll talk about the... Uh, the, what's happening with the fire marshal? The state insurance uh, commissioner, Mike Causey, dismissed his top staff uh, in the office of state fire marshal on Tuesday as he and state lawmakers battle over whether the office should be an independent agency led by someone with firefighting experience. Uh, Brian Taylor, who Causey appointed to lead the office in 2018, confirmed three dismissals in a telephone interview to the News Observer. So that uh, that will be something we will talk about, I'm sure, for not just today, but for some time to come. Uh, lots of folks uh, upset and uh, curious as to, to what all is going on there. So maybe we'll give you a little more insight into that when we talk to Senator Perry. Uh, we'll talk about some other things, too, as well as, um, you know, wrapping up that session. We have adjourned to a date certain. Uh, that date is November 30th. We'll come back if we need to, uh, do whatever work that we need to do, and uh, or we'll we'll punt and, uh, and, and wait and see, and then adjourn to another date certain. But for the meantime... Legislators are back home in their districts and, and getting to do some of the uh, uh, things that they've they've missed. Like for me, uh, my wife happened to notice the uh, the collection of leaves that were in the front and backyard. So uh, I spent the weekend doing that. I uh, went to the uh, Friday night football game at UNC Charlotte. Uh, unfortunately, did not get the win. So we're sitting at uh, uh, two and I guess it's two and five, two and six now. Uh, but Coach Poggi's got him marching. He had to uh, suspend a few players that uh, from this upcoming game for reasons that they uh, that they know, and that uh, for some behavior issues and making sure that those young men get the discipline they need. And look, that's part of growing. And and I thought he did a marvelous job yesterday at his press conference addressing those issues. Doesn't make them bad people; just means they need to be disciplined and 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 you know, quite frankly, uh, adhere to the program. So uh, it is fun to watch a program being built. It's much more fun to see it being built and seeing one on the decline. We've seen that already at UNC Charlotte. So this one's starting to, to gain traction, make make a lot of progress, and we're glad to see that. We'll uh, we'll have Coach Poggi on again sometime soon. Uh, good friend, uh, fun to watch. Uh, my son and I were, were actually got to be honorary co-captains at the football game. So we walked out on the field with, with some of the players who we've got to know, and, and that was fun just to be a part of the coin toss. Uh, hear a little bit of smack talking, though it was within bounds. Uh, both teams, no one, no one was too rough, but they were talking a little smack there on the field before the coin toss. So, haven't haven't had an opportunity to be a part of that. I didn't play football. Um, the sun is playing, but uh, so I got to kind of live through them and see that. So that was fun. Um, you know, like I say, legislators are back in their district. Uh, we'll get into 
you know, all the things that we do from the parades to the to the meetings, to the constituent meetings. I had one this morning, a phone call, uh, just making sure that we're taking care of business at home. Uh, you can join our newsletter if you just write me, jason.sane, S-A-I-N-E, at ncleg.gov. So ncleg.gov. And uh, my name, jason.sane, at ncledge.gov. And so if you send us an email, say, hey, I want to be joining a new newsletter. It's nothing too formal. Uh, if you're on it and you want off, you can easily opt out of it. So it's not like we send you things all the time. We certainly can't ask you to buy anything. And we don't campaign to you. So it's an official publication of our office. So you just kind of get the facts and things that are going on, not just in District 97 in Lincoln County, but you also get to hear about all the other things that are going on with the legislature. And, and we share a lot of things from, from other districts as well. So uh, great to have you listening to WSIC today to all things same. When we come back, we're going to have State Senator Deanna Ballard. She will join us. We'll be back shortly. Uh, you'll love this. She's running for lieutenant governor. And then after her, we'll have Senator James Perry, Jim Perry, or we might even get Jimmy. We'll see. Uh, Jim's a good friend, so we'll, we'll have him on. Thanks for listening. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. We've got fun and games. We got everything you want, honey. We know the names. We are the people. Welcome back to All Things Sane here on WSIC. Joining me in studio, well, I'm not in studio. She's at her home and I'm at my home, in studio at home. Uh, but joining us today on the program, we've got State Senator Deanna Ballard. Uh, I guess I should say former, but uh, you always re- re- retain your title. Uh, but she's running for lieutenant governor, and it's great to have you on, longtime friend, uh, also a native of Lincoln County, uh, though she uh, she's moved since then and, and lives up in the Blowing Rock Boone area, but uh, and represented that area uh, in the state senate. Worked a lot on education issues. Senator Ballard, great to have you on. Oh, Jason, it's good to be on. I thank you for taking a few minutes to uh, just really introduce myself to some of your audience and share a little bit about my upcoming race. It's quite a dynamic election year coming up. Well, you're getting ready to hit the road because filing begins in December, and it's going to be not a not a uh, I guess it'll be a sprint and a marathon all at once because uh, you'll get to do it all in, in a really a short three months, and then you'll go on to the November election if everything. Cuts your way, but t- tell me about that. So h- how's yeah. it been? I know I, I saw you in Greenville, North Carolina, just a couple of days ago. So uh, I announced at the end of July, you know, entered the the, the the slate of candidates for lieutenant governor. I think there's maybe six or seven now at this point that have officially announced. But like you said, I mean, at this point, once you kind of, you know, you announce you're out of the gate and you are crisscrossing the state. So there have been days where there was one weekend on a Saturday morning where I woke up in Transylvania County. And by the end of the day, I was laying my head down in uh, Wilmington, down in New Hanover. So literally had went from one end of the state to the other. So uh, just really trying to get in front of as many people as I can, uh, just to kind of share my background, my work experience, what I've been able to actually accomplish. And at the same time, really educating people on what the role of lieutenant governor is and what they do. Um, a lot of folks maybe don't know that. So happy to share a little bit about that too. 
Well, that's, that, you're exactly right. Uh, sometimes it's a good thing that folks don't know what they don't know, uh, but it's also somewhat disappointing that they don't <laughs> understand the role of some of the constitutional officers that we have in the state. So it is an opportunity to educate them. Uh, you know, I often, when I go into the barbershop, uh, have to remind them that I don't serve in Congress in Washington, D.C. I serve in the legislature in North Carolina. But uh, so you, you, when you were at the legislature, uh, you played some pretty big roles and worked on a, on a lot of different issues. So that, that probably gives you a lot of experience to run statewide. Sure. It's really, I think, positioned to be quite well. Um, you know, as lieutenant governor, you preside over the Senate. So having had a chair and set my behind in one of those chairs in that chamber and understand the rules of engagement, I really think that also just, you know, puts me in a great place, but I also chaired education policy and appropriation on the Senate side. Well, you know, the Lieutenant Governor sits on the state board for K-12 as well as uh, community colleges. So to be able to be a part of continuing uh, being a voice for our communities and our families, our parents especially, um, in both of those roles would be so, I think, just really critical and impactful. And then coming at it from really the legislative sort of arm and knowing kind of how the dollars, the funding works, really how to get stuff done um, and understanding maybe kind of the interpretation of laws and policy and then the power of, you know, the board itself and what you can do in policy without maybe having to legislate everything too. Well, that's right. That's, and it's that, that experience, I think will, will help you more than, than, than a lot of the folks running. I mean, just to be quite frank, if you've never done it, never dealt with the legislature, uh, you, you maybe don't understand. We've seen some folks that have come from other areas and nothing wrong with that, but it takes a little while, a learning curve, if you will, uh, to understand that process. But you were no stranger to politics before you got to the uh, North Carolina Senate. You were, you were working in politics for a long time. Tell us a little bit about what you did prior. It's funny, I tell people, you know, I've been in, you know, federal government presidential politics to church politics to state politics. So um, I've got over 20 years now, a little bit of uh, just kind of understanding the rhythm of how things, you know, work in government, but then also really how to get things done. And it can happen. Uh, so, yeah, I worked in D.C. for seven and a half years, worked in the George W. Bush administration, started out as a volunteer. But seven and a half years later, having served in the actual White House, had an office in the East Wing. You know, I traveled the world with the president, really did a lot of strategy, planning, policy work and operations, more or less. Um, and then, you know, left as a commissioned officer. You know, their last day in the White House was my last day in the White House. And so what a commissioned officer is, is something really the president gives to you and signs off on. And it's equivalent to a two star general. And you have the title of honorable for life. So it's funny, you know, I continued my role of public service, not because of any real desire for some title or for some, you know, just prideful sort of scenario position. I mean, it was really due to, you know, my work and serving others and being a part of the, you know, really helping individuals and families. So that's, that's kind of where it started. And I had some really good examples and mentors um, and Andy Card and Josh Bolton and Anita McBride and the president and Mrs. Bush themselves. So, you know, it's, 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 it was, it was incredible work and really powerful to have that opportunity at that stage and season of my life. Cause I think it really did condition me in a lot of ways. And then, you know, moved home and worked with Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse. So you're continuing to kind of feed into really helping, you know, individuals in crisis or, I mean, internationally and domestically, and just really being able to share my faith and testimony, which is also important to me too. So I believe, um, yeah, it set me up kind of well to know how to really network, build those relationships. And then, I mean, it's a hard road. It's not easy, but to have the support system around you is very, very critical. 
Well, global experience matters. Uh, you and I both know from, from our work, uh, North Carolina is not some bit players. We're not some small uh, little non-entity on the globe. I mean, if we were a country, uh, I forget how big they would they would consider us where we'd rank, but I mean, we're, we're a very large, you know, 10 million people uh, here just in our borders here in North Carolina. And, and what we do here certainly has international implications and in how we react to things, how we want to position our, ourselves. We've got a lot of military bases here in North Carolina, uh, but we also have a, a, an incredible economy uh, that keeps churning. We've got international relationships with other countries, lots of investment here from other countries uh, that mean jobs for our people, but yeah. also planning for those those jobs and making sure that we can stay competitive. Your, your role in, in education, I think, is huge uh, in that regard as you think about our community college system, our four-year institutions, but also K-12 as, as, as the feeders to those institutions and making sure that we've got qualified people ready to take those jobs. Will that be a large part of what you're doing as Lieutenant Governor? Absolutely. You know, I really want to champion workforce development as part of my platform. Um, I think it's critical. You know, North Carolina has been number one state for business and we keep talking about we can deliver the number one state, the number one state of workforce um, and workforce, too. And I, we can, but we got to do it. And we actually need to stop talking about it and and really make those pathways and access available to whether you're an adult learner, whether you're a high school student. I mean, a college student. I mean, low income, you know, anything that you, you know, you might see as obstacles. Let's let's talk about let's continue to really break some of that down, which I think the legislature, you know, has done an excellent job and even, you know, affordability of, of, of higher education, um, of, you know, work-based learning opportunities for our high school students. And now we're even feeding into middle school with career exploration just to really help folks kind of understand, you know, how to be very smart and efficient with their career choices. And this is about, you know, you know, it is important to choose a career and we all know we can change our minds too. And it does happen, but we also want to set, you know, set these individuals up for success. And I think that is only, you know, it benefits not only them and their communities, but I mean, the state at large. Well, to, to that end, you talk about people make career changes. Sometimes they make them, sometimes they're made for them, right? Uh, economies ebb and flow and, and being able to bounce back, to retrain folks, to get them ready for whatever that next uh, possibility may be, which may lead to a better possibility anyway. Uh, but, but having the infrastructure there in place and being able to adapt uh, very quickly is also very important. I know with some of the companies that we've recruited over the last several years, you've been a big part of that in, in helping bring them here to the state. Uh, being nimble uh, so that we can adjust to the type of jobs that the future uh, looks like. It's not, uh, you know, we're not encouraging uh, degrees in underwater basket weaving, if you will. Um, although I think some probably would still do that in education, but <laughs> we're certainly not doing that. And uh, and you've been a big driver in that. So uh, credit well, goes to you for that. Yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, as the as lieutenant governor, I, I do have a, a desire to really kind of thread that continuum of workforce development in a, in a more cleaner and streamlined way than maybe, you know, it's currently set up in state government. I mean, you and I both know it can be very fragmented. You have pieces at community college, K-12, UNC system, commerce, EDP and C. And right now, I mean, workforce development really needs a strong just champion that can perhaps be nimble, like you're saying, too, but also be just kind of a, a common denominator between all of them to really prop everybody up to say, hey, did you know so-and-so is doing this? 
you know, almost sort of like being sure we're not duplicating too many efforts, but also being sure the right players at the front end of the conversation when we are bringing business in um, and just really thinking, you know, innovatively, which brings me to, I mean, the NC, NC Innovation Board um, and the work that NC Innovate's doing. So I think North Carolina is poised more than ever to be able to really just, you know, push through um, and delivering, I mean, just this highly skilled and quality, quality workforce. And I think others, we can be, you know, the envy of other states. We already are in terms of business and what we're attracting. So I'm very pleased uh, with the work you've been doing, what you've done con- to continue to kind of lift that up too. I mean, you've been, you're a power player um, in the legislature, Jason, and I hopefully can County understands just uh, how important you are and valuable you've been to them too. Well, thank you. And, and um, I, you know, more than that, uh, in as I know what drives you and what drives me is making sure that we're looking out for the future. You, you know, Jackson, our 15 year old, uh, he sprung up like a weed. You saw him a couple of weeks yes. ago, uh, you know, making sure that those kids have a future and that they've got somewhere to go to in, in terms of growth and personal development and, and opportunity. I think it's one of the most important things that we can do. Uh, we've, we've been talking with state Senator Deanna Ballard. Deanna, I'd love to have you on again because time's never long enough. I know you got to make, make calls and hit the trail and, uh, do all the things you've got to do, but it's been great having you on here. Well, thank you. And I just encourage folks, if you want to look for more information, go to BallardForNC.com. I'm also on social media, so you can do Deanna Ballard NC on Insta, Facebook, Twitter, well, X now. I'm still getting used to that, but also just got to give a good shout out to, to my family in Lincoln County, all my family and friends. So the Devons, the Ballards, the Reels, the Lawlings, all of you guys, I love you guys. And um, thanks for just continuing to support me and, and to pray for me. Well, thanks for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Good luck on the campaign trail. Thank you, Jason. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Insane with Representative Jason Sane. Good morning. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. I'd like to thank Senator Deanna Ballard for joining us last segment. Uh, she is running for Lieutenant Governor. You can find her on the social medias. You can find her on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Facebook, Instagram, all the things that you that you look for. Uh, great to have her on. Longtime friend, uh, just a great family here in Lincoln County. Uh, her mom and dad uh, supported mine, and I think I can say that on on air that they uh, support what I do because they show up. And uh, and of course, we support Deanna too. So she's she's great to have on. She's always been a, a great person to work with uh, in her role at the Senate, and even before then, she's I've known her for a long, long time. But joining me now, we've got it must be Senate Day again. Uh, I've got North Carolina Senator Jim Perry. Uh, good morning, sir. You're joining us by phone. I know you've been sitting in traffic, which happens a lot in a growing state, but uh, glad to have you on this morning. How you been? Hey, good morning. I'm, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, I, I, I'm glad to do it, and, I, and timely, as always. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the insider this morning. And uh, for those that don't know, the insider, NC Insider, is something produced by the uh, Raleigh News Observer, but it takes all the kind of political headlines and things going on across the state, reports on them each morning. So it's nice, a uh, nice little compact way to, to know what's going on uh, quickly in the mornings. And uh, the, they always have a top of the, I guess you'd call it top of the fold, but top of the email uh, quote. And today's uh, you don't say is from uh, Brian Taylor, 
who is now the former chief state fire marshal. Uh, it's He's commenting on the power struggle between the legislature and state insurance commissioner, Mike Causey. And he says, I would basically call it a family feud or family fight. And the office of state fire marshal is caught up in the middle of it. So uh, that's kind of the context for our conversation this morning. Senator Perry, what's going on with our insurance commissioner and the fire marshal's office? Well, it, it's actually, you know, as you know, it's, it's, somewhat bizarre. Um, first of all, I'll start with the background. Uh, we have worked together on every piece of successful uh, firefighter legislation that's passed in the last five years with the cancer legislation being the the, the most impactful piece. Um, so, you know, you and I are accustomed to, to working in this lane and trying to do what we can to help our firefighters. Um, I also used to chair the um, healthcare committee in the Senate. And I, I began looking at the health insurance regulations in Chapter 58 a couple of years ago. I looked around the state, and I saw that we had uh, disputes going on between insurance companies and providers. Uh, now they've been going on for, uh, I guess, upwards of four years where the insurance companies and the providers are fighting. Well, you know who gets caught in the middle of that? It is the, the consumer, right? It, it's families that get caught in it. Uh, I, I look at the the property and casualty insurance rates and carriers uh, just pulling out of states around the country because of natural disasters. And North Carolina certainly, you know, prone to natural disasters. And we just see a lot of a lot of instability coming in the insurance markets. As I learn more about the issues uh, facing firefighters with cancer coverage and with recruitment, you know, and, and we started looking at how other states were structured, we saw that North Carolina was an outlier in that we didn't have a firefighter over the fire service. Uh, we didn't, we had one person over big field like insurance as well as fire service, uh, basically asking them to do each job part time. And that might have worked in the 1940s when we had a little less than 4 million people in the state. But, Jason, we're, we're over 10.7 million now. And, you know, frankly, it makes sense to have somebody focused on firefighters and our fire service full time. And it makes sense to have someone focused on insurance full time. I mean, I don't know anyone that's really happy with uh, any of the, the insurance markets in the state. So, you know, anytime you want improvement, you need focus. I filed some legislation uh, earlier in the year that would propose having a, a full-time firefighter over the fire service and, and allowing the Commissioner of Insurance to focus on insurance. Uh, pieces of that legislation ended up in the budget. You know, I, I don't, you know, as you know, I don't control the budget. I, I don't decide what's in there, but I, I do believe in the legislation. I believe it's in the best interest of the, the, uh, the fire service, our firemen, as well as our insurance consumers. Um, and when that was in the budget, um, Commissioner Causey, um, I mean, he got really upset about it uh, passing. And uh, as as time rolled on, he actually began threatening some of the members of the fire service, threatening their jobs. And that was, you know, that that's not something that's that's okay to me. I, I think it's not okay to any of us. Um, the General Assembly's job to design and be the architecture of government, decide how we need to structure things. And I put a proposal forward. Our colleagues believed in it. They executed it. That doesn't give him the right to impact those families right here at Christmas. And, you know, he had a slew of, of firings yesterday, and I, I just I think that's wrong. Well, it is wrong, and um, I, I think you're right. You, you correctly point out, you and I have worked on uh, legislation uh, dealing with the fire service, 
uh, since you got there, and we worked very well, particularly on the cancer uh, issues that firefighters face, and 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 really knowing that you know nothing is static in state government; things are always changing. Uh, we try to improve for the better. As we look at things, we find out what works, what doesn't work. Uh, as to your point, we're growing state. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the legislation that was included in the budget is just really updating our state uh, to get, you know, really more to fit the state that, that we live in. We're not that, that, that small little sleepy state anymore. We're, we're a national leader on so many measurements. Uh, so getting those things right are, are incredibly important. But uh, when we talk about families that are threatened and jobs that are threatened, that, that's a, I think that's the thing that smacks the politics that people just really don't care for. I got a call yesterday. Uh, from a dear friend who who uh, I met at NC State when I was there, we were in classes together. Her husband uh, is one of those impacted by by this, what seems to be a, a pretty irrational and, and uh, knee jerk decision by the commissioner. Uh, she was in tears, quite frankly. I mean, she she uh, she understood. You know, her her husband had worked for multiple administrations. I I, I couldn't even tell you what their politics are for sure. Um, so that being said, you know, it, it, it just kind of smacks of of the things that people really do hate about politics. Uh, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. But this, this is things that, that people just really don't like to see. And to your point, uh, you know, the legislature makes these decisions. That is that is our constitutional duty. Uh, that is what people send us there to do. Uh, you can like the decisions, don't like the decisions or whatever, if you're a, one of the council of state folks. But nevertheless, it's our, our role and our job to do so. And, and just simply because you have a disagreement, really, as, as, as uh, uh, when I was quoting Brian Taylor talking about being caught up in a family fight, that's just really unfortunate for those you know, career professionals that are, are really just working for the betterment of the people of our state. Well, it, it's totally unacceptable. Um, you know, when we became aware that those those uh, threats were going on uh, and that intimidation was going on, we filed legislation because it was under the guise in the beginning of, well, we hate for the fire service to be disrupted. And the commissioner was actually saying to folks that him not having a title was going to cause people's homeowners insurance to go up. Now, I, you know, I, I'm pretty good with math. I, I think I'm reasonably well-read. I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out how you can justify a statement like that or, you know, the, the idea that a commissioner of insurance is what makes ISO ratings go down. That was news to the firefighters in my community. Um, they thought that their skinned-up knees and, and dirty fingers were what made those ratings go down through their training and the things they did in our community. Um this is a, an overreaction that's unacceptable. You know, when we when we learned of that going on, we added additional legislation that said, okay, we're, we're going to basically freeze the fire service the way it is today, except for just having a, a, a fireman or a, a, a trained firefighter over it and focused on it full time. Everything else is going to stay the same because we didn't want any of our firefighters to be concerned about change. Well, that that wasn't good enough. So the the legislation reads that whoever the chief fire marshal was on October 1st will be the state fire marshal whenever this bill becomes law. So we, we're out of session. The governor gets 30 days. So at the very least, uh, in the next three weeks, um, Brian Taylor will be the, the state fire marshal. It could be as early as today if the governor chooses to sign it. And I know that the State Fire Association has sent in a letter uh, supporting the legislation and, uh, you know, they want the governor to sign it. And my understanding is the fire chiefs are sending one in 
today also. So maybe all of this will be taken care of and this drama goes away, but I can promise you this, the firefighters around the state will not forget these terminations of these individuals and the impact on their families right here at Thanksgiving. Well, that's that's exactly right, and um, never never underestimate the power of a, of a group of individuals that, that are organized, and firefighters certainly are. Um, you, you've had their support in the past, and, and I'm sure we'll have again coming into this election. I, I too have have had that same support, uh, which is you know incredible and humbling. Uh, you know, I I'm a former volunteer firefighter myself, as a public information officer at East Lincoln Fire Department for years, and. Uh, work very well with, with folks in the fire service. It is a it's a very tight knit family, and it and it does it's not just in in pockets across the state. It it really stretches across the state because we we cross train together. Um, you know, I, I my Swiftwater Rescue instructor was from Wilmington. I know you know a lot of guys in the Wilmington area, a lot of guys in the Asheville area, and uh, men and women that that train together. Uh, that that really treat it like a family. So that's a, from a political standpoint. Uh, that seems almost uh, you know somewhat like political suicide. We got about 15 seconds before break, uh, Senator Perry. I don't know if you can stay on through the break. If you can't, understand. But if you can, we'd love to have you come on after the break. We'll continue talking about it. But great having you on this morning. Yeah, I, I've got to run. Unfortunately, I've got another appointment. But I, it's always great to talk to you, and I appreciate you having me on. All right, thanks for being on. Take care. And good morning. You're back. We're back with the uh, last segment of All Things Sane for this week. I'm your host, Representative Jason Sane. Uh, great to have my good friend, Senator Jim Perry on, as well as Senator Ballard, who's running for Lieutenant Governor. Uh, lots of things happening, as you as you have heard. Uh, we'll see how these things all pan out. The, the bill that, uh, that Senator Perry mentioned is sitting on the governor's desk. It could be signed into law as, as quickly as today which would rectify that problem. And uh, essentially the state fire marshal will be reinstated uh, since he was the uh, fire marshal come uh, October 1st, as the legislation states. Uh, I'm not sure what will happen with the, the person that's in there now that the uh, commissioner appointed yesterday, but I guess we'll we'll see. But uh, by law, uh, the, the fire marshal would be Brian Taylor if uh, that should be signed into law. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, interesting uh, th- times as they are mentioned the uh, the U.S. Congressional Speaker, uh, House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson, finally got that rectified last week. I think that was on Wednesday, if my memory serves me correctly. Um, but lots of things happening in North Carolina politics, too. I, I neglected to mention uh, what a week it's been. Um, on Wednesday of last week, uh, we did wrap up We uh, at the legislature in North Carolina. We got uh, the state Senate maps drawn. We got the state house uh, maps drawn. Both of those were approved by both houses, as well as congressional maps. So uh, and then you've seen a flurry of candidates coming. Uh, uh, former Congressman Mark Walker has decided that he's going to jump out of the governor's race and run for one of the new uh, congressional seats that were drawn on the maps, uh, as well as a flurry of other candidates who have announced. Um, I think we'll probably see an announcement from uh North Carolina, the current North Carolina speaker, uh, Tim Moore, who's already announced that he's leaving. He's uh, he's served and he's been the longest serving speaker ever in North Carolina and was leaving the legislature anyway by his own uh, own accord and, and uh, looking for to do something else. And he's looking at a congressional district. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see if he announces uh, for, for, for that position. There's a 
congressional district that includes Gaston and Cleveland counties. He's from Cleveland, includes Gaston as well as parts of Mecklenburg. So, uh, so somewhat anticipated that he may announce for that. So uh, when he does, or if he does, we'll, we'll talk about that. But it does open up a spot for North Carolina speaker. And if you paid attention just a little bit, um, I've been one of the names mentioned as a possible uh, Speaker of the House for North Carolina, uh, something that I would enjoy doing, uh, certainly. Uh, but it's also like uh, herding cats most days. It's a lot, big time commitment. Uh, but but it's always great to be mentioned and thought of, well thought of by your colleagues. Uh, a lot of press articles that had mentioned that the, the possibility. Uh, and then also my, my colleagues in the House who are dear friends. Uh, Representative Destin Hall was one of those, as well as Representative John Bell, our Majority Leader. Representative Hall serves as our Rules Chairman, and uh, like I say, Representative Bell is our Majority Leader. We've all been friends for a long, long time. Uh, Representative Bell was my aisle mate uh, when he first came in. He came in about uh, a year after me. I was appointed. He came into the House right after that. Um, he's from Eastern North Carolina, actually from the same area that Senator Perry's from. Uh, when we first sat down uh, beside each other on the House floor, I think he needed a translator, and so did I. Uh, but we, we, he learned to speak Western dialect, and I learned to speak Eastern dialect, and uh, we, we got along fabulous. So we're, we're good friends and have been for a long time, and always uh, happy to support him and his endeavors. Uh, we work well, uh, like I say, very well together. But so does Representative Hall. He came in a few years after that, uh, has done a, a stellar job. He was our freshman leader. And then uh, when uh, we had an opening in the rules chairman office, he became the rules chairman. So he's kind of the traffic cop, make sure that bills get heard and directed to which committees and, and so forth, and, and kind of runs the calendar of the House. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's rules, calendar, and operations of the House. I've been able to serve on that committee ever since I got there. It's a, it's a, it, it, it can be somewhat tedious sometimes. I won't say boring, but it can be tedious. Uh, but really, everything comes through rules. And uh, if it's going to make it to the House floor, it's got to come through there. And it comes to the rules chairman office. So three of us and, and, and a few others had been mentioned as, as potential speaker candidates. Um, Representative Bell and Representative Hall had kind of got out there a little more, uh, being a little more active, uh, uh, seeking that position. I serve as our conference chair, which means for our caucus, it means I'm part of our re-election effort, making sure that we recruit candidates uh, in, in, in all the districts and making sure that we've got them ready to run for office. Uh, so that's kind of been my focus this year. Uh, really haven't had much time to think about speaker, also being the senior preparations chairman working on that. But we're all friends, like I say. And so last week, as we continue to talk through, I'd go to lunch with, with Representative Hall or go to dinner with Representative Bell or just talk on the phone or, or have a you know, few minutes in our offices and talk. And, and it sounded to me like uh, both gentlemen and, and to each other and to me, we're, we're, we all had decided that we weren't going to let some, you know, fight for a position uh, within our caucus, you know, to, you know, basically be diminished to something like that was happening in, in Washington, D.C. We did not want to see that happen. We, we felt like together we had done too great a work uh, when it comes to tax reform and education reform and a lot of the things that we've done over the last 10, 12 years of legislature together, uh, we didn't want to see that, you know, become a side note uh, because of personalities and people fighting for positions. And since we we're already friends, it didn't seem like it was going to, you know, go down that pathway anyway. However, um, adults are in the room, they're talking and, uh, and can express, you know, what's going on and uh, where they're at in their life and what's happening with them and, and kind of what they want to see. And by the end of it, 
Uh, also in the picture, other good friends like Representative Brennan Jones. Uh, he's from southeastern North Carolina. Uh, he's our, our deputy majority leader. Um, he, he's a integral part of that, chairs our transportation committee uh, or has, and, and is one of my, uh, one of my, but one of our appropriation chairs. I say my because our little team, but, uh, but, but one of our appropriations chair, and he, that was a new role for him this year, done an excellent job at that. So the four of us talked a lot because we are all friends and, uh, it turns out as one thing led to another in discussions and, and realized that we could come to a, to a, a compromise and a deal, uh, where, where we could all continue to work together. No one's feelings had to be hurt. Uh, everybody wins here and members of our caucus, uh, we're very relieved when we went into our caucus after that session last Wednesday, after we'd done all the work, most people were ready to go home, but we said, hold on just a minute. We, we've got something to talk to you about. And uh, and we announced and and really uh, Representative uh, Bell, as a majority leader, leads the caucuses. Um, he led the discussion and I spoke as well as uh, Representative Hall uh, about how we could all work together and really get behind Representative Hall as our next speaker. It's unusual. It's not happened before, but then again, our relationship and, uh, you know, being able to, to be friends first and to look out for the betterment of, of our state, of our caucus, of the agenda that we want to push forward, uh, we're able to strike a deal. And, uh, and we, we we're lining up behind uh, Representative Hall um, and the three of us and, and along with Representative Jones that, you know, put that together, wanted to announce it to the caucus. Uh, Quite frankly, talking to other caucus members, they were quite relieved because it was going to be a difficult decision because, you know, we work, we all work together very closely. And so having those connections and, and that relationship, I think everyone breathed kind of a sigh of relief that, hey, we don't have to go through a contentious election uh, trying to decide who's going to be the next speaker. Now, that's all contingent upon uh, everyone voting for, or not everyone, but at least the majority voting for uh, Representative Hall as the speaker. Uh, but for now, uh, that's pretty big news. It's something that doesn't happen in North Carolina politics or in politics in general uh, very often. But we were able to craft that together and work on that together. Um, immediately after that, uh, we, we did talk to, of course, rumors uh, or, or news doesn't stay quiet at, at the legislative building for very long. And uh, before you know it, we were, we were getting calls from a reporter, uh, Axios reporter, Lucille Sherman, uh, had the opportunity to interview Bell and, and uh, uh, Representative Bell and, and Representative Hall right afterwards and kind of broke the story later that evening uh, because we knew that it would it would kind of catch fire really quick and uh, be announced. There's another podcast that uh, if you don't listen to, you should. It's called uh, Doing Politics Better. Uh, is is hosted by friends of ours who were, who were lobbyists at the building. Um, one conservative, one, you know, they're pretty centrist anyway, but one kind of left, one a little bit right, uh, and so forth. Uh, Brian Lewis and Sky David have that podcast. It's, it's listened to by a lot of people uh, that are involved in politics. And so the four of us, so Representative Hall, uh, Representative Bell, myself, and Representative Jones sat down and uh, that evening, really right after session, and recorded the podcast that was released on the very next day. I just talked through it because it was pretty big breaking news and, and has remained so. Uh, AP article came out that uh, that hit nationwide talking about it, how we had forged a, a partnership together and we were able to get through that. And so that was a that was one exciting, two a little stressful just because we were we you you, you knew once the story was out that there were going to be a lot of questions and a lot of reporters wanting to to know the details. Uh, but we were able to share that. And again, our caucus was uh, I think the better for it. You know. So anyway, one of those stories that you don't get to hear a lot in politics where you know people do work together. We, we also. Um, Representative Bell and Representative Hall had a conversation with the minority leader because we, we felt like that's you know something that we owe the minority leader 
uh, to, to notify him is kind of where our caucus has been. Believe it or not, we, we work together more times than not. I know people don't want to hear that. That's not the fight that everybody thinks that happens in, in, in uh, Raleigh and in D.C., but uh, uh, we, can, we can disagree and do it agreeably. So most of the times we do. Every now and then it gets a little contentious. But uh, that's, that was all of last week in Raleigh, and uh, it was a big week. So getting home was a great relief for me just to watch a little football, uh, we do some yard work, uh, have some great dinners cooked by my wife and, and kind of chill out for a while and, uh, and enjoy uh, time with our son who is, he's got his permits. We did a little driving and everything else that we do, but, uh, it's great that you, to have you listen to the show. I uh, get a lot of great feedback. Um, as you listen to the show, uh, love doing it every week. Uh, you never know where we might be next, where we might be broadcasting from municipal elections are coming up next Tuesday. Uh, if you have those, be sure that you research the candidates and vote. Uh, there's uh, some interesting ones on the ballot for sure locally. So uh, do listen to that. We, we really appreciate you tuning in each week to All Things Sane. Uh, it has been fun to do. And we started this in August. And, uh, and always appreciate you listening or watching or however you receive it. So we'll be back next week. Not sure where we'll be, but uh, we'll certainly make the broadcast and appreciate you listening always. Thanks for listening.